Thanks for those testimonies. Let's open up the Bible to Acts chapter 1. Um, who here is too cold? Anybody too hot? No? Okay. Acts chapter 1. I'm going to talk about comfort. Acts chapter 1. Yeah, where are we? We'll start in verse 8. So it's Acts chapter 1. And verse 8, and it says here, Jesus speaking, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. So, like I said, talking about comfort, and we'll go through more scriptures, of course, but here is an important event that happened in the history of mankind. (laughs) Um, This is when Jesus Christ was raised up uh, to dwell on the right hand of God, as it says elsewhere. And his last words were that you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That was his last words um, of Jesus Christ. And then um, this is before the Holy Ghost was poured out. Uh, It was uh, before the day of Pentecost, which we can read in uh, chapter 2. And so these people that were around Jesus were not filled with the Holy Spirit. And I can completely understand why, after he was taken up, and it says there, and a cloud received him out of their sight, So you can understand that um, he just went through the clouds and could no longer see him. They all looked steadfastly toward heaven. It's like, what was that? You know, uh, what just happened? What did we just witness? Here's this man that uh, we thought, even right up until then, uh, we thought he might uh, restore the kingdom to Israel. They asked that of him just before he was raised up. And here he is, he disappeared in the clouds. Uh, This man that was raised from the dead, he preached about the kingdom of God in parables and power. Miracles uh, followed him. And here he was, taken up. And, well, what do we do now? (laughs) Uh, Right. (laughs) This, uh, this, like, you just imagine that they were looking to this man the whole time and he's gone. And they don't have the Holy Spirit, they don't have any understanding and then there are two men in white apparel that stood by and reassured them. You know, they provided comfort to them and said, look, why are you gazing up into heaven? This same man that you saw go up will come back down. So straight away, there were these, this comfort that was provided to Jesus' followers. Okay, And comfort is such an important part of our life in the kingdom of God. 
Turns out Jesus Christ, God in the New Testament era, uh, wants to comfort us. He wants to provide inner comfort. And uh, when there was confusion, these two men in white apparel said, look, don't worry about it. He's going to come back. Listen to those last words that he said. And after that comfort, they, uh, they returned to Jerusalem and, uh, and sought the Lord for this power, Holy Ghost, whatever it means. And uh, we know an amazing day, that day of Pentecost, when about 120 received the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. So it was this, these words of comfort. Go your way and, uh, and be comforted. Okay? Uh, over to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. We'll start in verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Okay, there's a lot of things the Lord wants us to remember, and they're good things. That ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Saviour. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Each day follows, each year follows, months, whatever, decades, it just all happens. People go about their lives. So where is this promise of coming? It's been 2,000 years. Okay, verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. So what they're saying is, look, by the word of God was the world created. By the word of God was the land created. By the word of God was the water parted to allow for land. By the word of God, trees were created. By the word of God, mammals, birds, so forth, were created. By the word of God, mankind was created. Saying, look, by the word of the word of God, even the heavens of old, all these things were created by the word of God. Okay, and we can see it and understand it, and even today we have abilities to look into the mysteries that there are. You know, the microscopic mysteries. But even just observing things with our natural eye is just amazing. And that was all created by the word of God. And then verse 6, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, which was by the word of God as well, that referring to the flood and Noah's time. Verse 7, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word, okay? So the point Peter's making here is by the same word, that miraculous uh, creative word that formed everything that we see, or created everything we see, that same word says that the heavens and the earth which are now are kept in store, reserved under fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So we have evidence before us of what the word says. And that same word says that it's been reserved 
uh, unto fire against the day of judgment. Verse 8, but, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. In other words, be of remembrance of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. So these are words of comfort. Okay, these are words that have been spiritually inspired and, it, and Peter has drawn upon this example. The power of the word of God was to create these things. That same word will uh, cause these elements to melt with fervent heat in the time of judgment when Jesus returns. So these are words of comfort. It's like 2,000 years, the day goes and whatever, just they come and go. Uh, we get used to it. We wake up in the morning and we know the day is going to go, go through to night time. We go to bed at night. We know we're going to wake up. It's the way it is. But the Lord wants to comfort us that he will come back, that uh, the reason he's long-suffering is that he doesn't actually want anyone to perish. And it's a natural saying, but it's a good one, that where there's life, there's hope. The Lord is like, okay, where there's life, there's hope that they will convert, that they will turn, okay? And so he's not slack concerning his promise. His promise will always be there because his word said it and he wants to comfort us about that, that he will come back through the clouds and draw us all up to be together. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And as we go through life, we get discouraged, we get disappointed, uh, all these things. But the Lord wants to lift us up and encourage us that, no, he, uh, he will come back and we look forward to that. That is what we always look forward to. John chapter 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Okay, he's not a liar. God is not a liar. He cannot lie, in fact. It says that in Numbers. That because he's not a man. And so he's actually said here that in his father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I would have warned you beforehand. Okay? But in other, otherwise, contrary-wise, he's warned us to say that that's the way it is. Okay? Something to look forward to. Um... Where was I up to? Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, and then it goes, I go to prepare a place for you. He's been spending 2,000 years trying to prepare this place for us. Verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Okay, it's interesting there. So he's preparing a place so that we can be with him. And it says elsewhere that our joy may be full, okay? And then it says, where I go, we know. We know where he went, okay? We read in Acts chapter 1, he was raised up and the clouds hit him. We know that he sits on the right hand of God. 
We know that he is justifying us before the living God. We know where he is. Okay, that's what it says. And it says there, we also know the way. Okay? And so this is a comfort too. If he has told us the way, he has shown the O man what is good. If he has shown him us the way and we follow that way as best we can, that's a comfort to us. That's a relief. It's like, praise the Lord. That's a rest. That is the rest that we've entered. That he has showed us the way to go where he is so that we can be with him. What a great comfort that is. All the mess and things going around us, but we can be solid and comforted knowing, praise the Lord, we are following the way, we are following his commandments, and we will be there when he comes back because he will come back through the clouds and we'll be, get, be able to go where he is. Okay? Go over to uh, verse 15. <clears throat> John chapter 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, follow the way. 16. And I'll pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Okay? This comforter won't come with us for a little while and disappear. He's with us forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. Right? This is a very personal thing here. He's saying you as an individual know him. You know the comforter. <coughs> you know the spirit of truth. You know that he dwells in you. You know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And sometimes we need to be in a position where we consciously look to the Spirit. We consciously look to God for comfort. We get distracted and caught up. We, uh, we do things wrong. We make a mess. We have regret and all these things or we're buffeted with things. Then it sometimes takes that still moment to look back and think, no, wait a minute, I want to tap into this comforter. This comforter is with me forever and I want to tap into that. I want to be comforted by the comforter, reassured by the comforter that he will always be with me and will always help me. He will never let us down. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. Okay, those powerful words. And my father will love him. There's that reciprocal thing. If we love him, we follow his commandments. If we love him, we keep his words. And as a result, his father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. That's the Holy Spirit, we. That, uh, that plural aspect there of uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit will dwell with us, make his abode with us. Verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall excuse me, teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, 
whatsoever I have said unto you. And that remembrance is that comfort that God's got it all in hand. Verse 27 to finish up. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Okay? He's talking about pretty big things here that are hard to understand, but he wants to comfort us. He wants to give us a peace. You know, uh, we all love being in a state of peace, peace and comfort there. And he's saying, look, don't let your heart be troubled, okay? Don't let it happen uh, and neither be afraid, okay? These things will come to pass simply because he said it will, okay? Matthew chapter 17. We'll come back to John chapter 16. So before that, just a short passage here. In Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 22. Matthew 17 and verse 22. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. So he being open with his followers, said unto them, I'm going to be betrayed, okay? And then it says, and they shall kill him, or in other words, Jesus is saying, and I will be killed, and the third day I will be raised again. But then it says here, and they being Jesus' followers were exceeding sorry, okay? So they had this sorrow that came as a result and uh, they were troubled, and there's this warning here that Jesus said, "Not, uh, don't let your heart be troubled or let it be afraid. And here, after his statement, foretelling of his betrayal and his murder, they were exceeding sorry, exceeding sad. But he wants to comfort us. So we flip back to uh, John chapter 16, which I'm sure follows on, uh, verse 5. John chapter 16 and verse 5. Now his followers were people just like we are. We're human beings. We're subject to the same feelings, the same short-sightedness, the same restricted mindset, uh, the same restricted vision of spiritual things. Uh, And so he understands that. And it says here in uh, John 16 and verse 5, it says, But now... I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient or it's necessary for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I'll send him unto you. So this here should have provided some incredible comfort to his followers. Look, I have to die. I have to uh, be betrayed. I have to be crucified in front of you. I have to because it's for your benefit. Because if I don't do that, you will not be truly comforted. So it's an interesting thing. There's this time of sorrow and distress an understanding that Jesus Christ will suffer so much and go away, 
But he has to to get true comfort, to get true peace uh, within his followers and that comforter that provides that. So it's an interesting thing here. And, um, I mean, you can only imagine the grief and turmoil of even Mary, his his mother uh, in the flesh, seeing her son on the cross suffering. You can only imagine that, that Mary is, is uh, what she's feeling and, and what she's witnessing. But then when she receives the Holy Spirit, we understand that her name is mentioned in Acts chapter 1, when she receives the Holy Spirit and speaks in tongues on the day of Pentecost, that then would surpass that grief and that sorrow because there's the inner comfort that, hey, yes, I gave birth to that man, but he did it so that I could experience this. And he's alive. He was taken up in the clouds. And that is a phenomenal comfort. Um, We go on, verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will help us. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come, drawing upon the word. Verse 14. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine, or, or um, he shall receive what is mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall not take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Okay? Comforting words, right through there. Comforting words, saying it's all in hand. Um, it's like uh, what Michelle said in her testimony, the end of the matter is better than the beginning. All things work together good, for good. It's because uh, we know the Lord's got it all in hand. Okay, We've got the Spirit in us. We've got an advantage ahead of those that saw Jesus Christ crucified. We've got the Spirit now. Okay, And what an amazing example of all things work together for good. You know, that crucifixion of Jesus Christ uh, came about for something that was so good, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We can have this experience of actually calling God our Father, God whose word we hold and read. He is our Father. Uh, All things work together for good. And if that's the case, then here with the things here on earth, uh, we can have that understanding that all things work together for good. Come together. The end of the matter is better than the beginning. Comforting words. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we'll start in verse 9. The penultimate scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And verse 9. says here, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. 
okay? So if you're struggling with loving one another, well, you get taught of by God. And it's just wonderful to have the love and unity uh, of uh, the fellowship because it's God who's taught us that. Verse 10, And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. You know, keep looking, keep learning, uh, keep trying to understand more and more. Verse 11, that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Okay, good little bit of advice there. We are comforted within that we're right with God uh, to follow his ways, follow his word. We don't need to, uh, to go about uh, yelling and carrying on, uh, unsettling others around us. We, it just says here that you increase more and more, that you study to be quiet, do your own business, go about the business uh, uh, without claptrap and just following God's ways, working with your own hands as we commanded you. Good bit of advice, you know, day by day, just going about our lives, you know, knowing God's got all things in hand. Verse 12, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without. That's testimony. That embodies our testimony. And that you may have lack of nothing, being content with everything that you have. But I would not have you be ignorant, have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Okay, this is the word reaffirming again that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. That's something that's repeated in the Bible an awful lot. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a fact be established. Well, this has been repeated over and over and over again. This fact is established. And it'll be with a shout and with the voice or the noise of an archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So that's an instruction. I've heard of a couple of instructions here to follow his word. You know, it's, um, increase more and more to study quiet, love your brethren, do your own business, blah, blah. There's a lot of instructions here. And here's another one. Comfort one another with these words. It's something I believe we need to remind everyone that, hey, look, Jesus is coming back, you know. That is a, a phenomenal few words of comfort. Jesus is coming back. It's a fact. It's been established, written in his word. And here it says here, commanding us, comfort one another with these words that we will be raised up to meet him in the air. Jesus will come back through the clouds with a shout, uh, the voice of an archangel, the trump of God, uh, and God's chosen people will dwell with him forever and ever. That is our hope above all hopes, and, uh, and it's a wonderful comfort. Last scripture, John chapter 15. John chapter 15 and verse 10. 
John chapter 15 and verse 10. It says here, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Okay? It's another fact there. If you want to abide in his love, then keep his commandments. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So it's like Jesus went as an example. This example that, hey, look, I've kept my father's commandments. I abide in his love. So if you do the same, it'll be a fact for you. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Okay, So we here today are a part of the kingdom of God. We have the Holy Spirit in us and that by extension of that we are part of the kingdom of God. And Jesus Christ, the Lord, our Father, wants our joy to be full. And a big part of that is an assurance that he will come back, he will uh, return and take us up with him. A big part of that is that comfort and that peace that comes with that, that our joy may be full, that we can uh, be reassured that whatever happens here on earth will stay on earth um, and that, uh, that we look forward to something far greater. Okay, thank you.